Welcome back to Ends with Z. I'm Juan Fernandez along with Cecile Munoz. And Cecile, we are going back to August 2020. In fact, we're going back to school, aren't we? We sure are. And we're unfortunately, it seems like we're still thinking about a lot of the things mm-hmm. we were addressing. Perhaps with a little bit more information, because it has been a year, we are still in this pandemic. COVID mm-hmm. is still taking up a significant portion of our lives. Many of us are vaccinated, not as many as we had hoped, uh, according to the uh, president's plan, unfortunately. But we're still feeling with um, marred with fear and uncertainty and trying mm-hmm. to find the right path for everyone, and it seems ins- impossible. And we're really fortunate. We're very excited to have That's right. two teachers back They're with back. us. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> That's right. We have uh, Genevieve Deloney. We spoke with her last year. She was our podcast 14. If any one of our listeners wants to go back and listen to that, because we're going to be leaping ahead an entire year yes. with both these teachers to see what they've been dealing with as they go back to school. And Genevieve teaches at a Title I school in mm-hmm. the Phoenix, Arizona area, which I'm really, really interested to hear her perspective as well, because as we know, Title I schools are specifically for um, the poorer communities, mm-hmm. at-risk kids. So it'd be very, very interesting for us to, to find out how they fared through the pandemic and working remotely. Yeah, a lot of challenges for them. And we also have with us Shannon Dunn, she was part of our uh, podcast number 13, episode 13. She's in Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky, an intervention elementary school teacher, grades K through five. So two different perspectives, mm-hmm. but we're all going back to school. In fact, um, uh, Shannon's been back to school for about two weeks now and Genevieve about three weeks. So they're going to give us some good perspective with what they're dealing with because here in Southern California, kids are just back to school the last week or so. Correct. And uh, lots of different uh, mandates in California. Mm-hmm. A lot of states are, are grappling with those decisions as well. I know that California and or specifically Los Angeles mm-hmm. and Chicago have mandated that all teachers, faculty, volunteers, anyone who mm-hmm. works in the school district must be vaccinated. And I know it's a topic of hot contention. But first, welcome to Shannon and, Gen- and Genevieve. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so Shannon, um, it's been a year, a little mm-hmm. over a year. Tell us about tell us about your year. Tell us how it's been. I know that none of us thought we would be here a year ago. We were hoping that somehow miraculously Absolutely or not, yeah. anything that could potentially help us like the vaccine, we would be in a different state, but we are vaccinated and yet we're still arguing. How how was this past year for you? How are you doing? I am doing pretty well. Um, as you say, we we really did not expect to be here now, much less we March 13th with Friday, the 13th of 2020 was um, our last day of school before the first um, wave of COVID. And we were just going to be out for three weeks and come back after spring break and, you know, everything go back to normal. And then those three weeks turned into a full year until the following uh, end of February, early March of 2021. So what we thought was just going to be a couple of weeks turned into over a year of us, you know, teaching from from home. Um, And I feel there are times when at school that we're talking about students or families or whatever. And um, that whole year is kind of lost, you know, a student that we remember from kindergarten and then Mm -hmm. they were virtual Mm -hmm. for first grade in our minds. I still picture them as like that year just was kind of lost Mm. in my mind. Um, And for a lot of the kids, they, they were, I'm at a title one school um, like Genevieve. And um, so a lot of our students had struggled um, attending school virtually, um, even though the schools were all one-to-one technology. So all of our students K through 12 were given Chromebooks to keep at home for every single student. And even if you had, you know, four siblings they all had a which is wonderful wonderful i remember you saying that that's that's really great about your principal and your school district yes and we gave you know our family resource centers gave out hot spots um so so they were provided but there's there's still difficulties that we were unable to um you know overcome with some families as far as technology some families aren't um 
real proficient with technology. Mm -hmm. So just getting kids mm -hmm. logged on was difficult for them and kids being at home with grandparents, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that makes it difficult if the, if the grandparents are kind of uneasy with technology as well. You said something that I, I'd love to ask your opinion on. Um, and, and I think that these are the, the subtle things that we all as a society miss when we're seemingly arguing on the top line factors, vaccination, no vaccination, on-site, remote. And you said, in a perfect scenario, if we were, if we were writing this out as from a, like a business plan, it should work out perfectly. The school provided Chromebooks for every kid. Mm -hmm. You provided hotspots. You guys were prepared. So we would look at it and say, okay, this is going to work great. Our, our business minds and our logical minds say this should work. But you said the kids still struggled, struggled and that's what we have to really, I, in my opinion, calm down from all the rhetoric and all the politicization and all the noise and all the, the isolating opinions and camps and say, but what is the truth? What is the human factor here? What is the human cost, especially to these tiny little human beings that are just beginning to develop their adaptive skills, their social skills, their, mm -hmm. their, their babies. So you said they struggle. So put aside the technology because they had it. Even the, the lack of being um, really skilled at technology. You should have seen us three trying to, to connect all of us today. This is the first time we've had so many people on, on a podcast. So thank you for your patience. But we were, again, hoping that there was a 12-year-old around to help us. So putting aside all the technology pieces, because we know that those worked at least for your school mm -hmm. system. So why do you think the kids struggled? What can we learn from there? What human lessons should we stop and, and really acknowledge it so that we can be better? Just human interaction, just the, just touch. Mm -hmm. Elementary teachers, I know Genevieve can um, attest to this. We hug the kids. We, you know, pat them on the back, give them thumbs, you know, just all those things. And, and it's just looking at a screen is so different seeing someone on on the screen than actually getting to give them that hug and and uh and the kids when we did come back in the uh, spring of this year um just they were so excited we didn't have issues with wearing masks you know they all had to wear masks they didn't seem to be bothered with it they were just so happy to be in the building and be around oh, people oh. <laughs> you know just like us we were so excited to be around other teachers and um, we're just social beings mm -hmm. and we're pack animals we like to be with our pack and if you're at home um, just seeing people on a Brady Bunch screen it's hard to it's hard to interact. We noticed students, um, and I know my, my son was in high school or is still in high school. Um, they just don't interact on the screen. They just um, don't really participate much. Mm -hmm. They'll do the work, but they're not going to ask the questions and, and that kind of thing. So I think the human interaction was a big, because we provided um, free meals and school supplies, anything they needed. But just, I think that human interaction with um, peers and teachers, that was, that was a big thing that they were missing. What a great district. Mm -hmm. Genevieve, how did, you, how did you see it from mm -hmm. your perspective? How did your students, how did your kids do? Um, I would agree with almost everything she said 100%. I, I came from a different perspective. Um, we did a modified schedule in September. We started online completely. And then we went to a modified schedule for the month of September where you half the class went three days and the other half two. Then the next week, the other half went three days and the other half went two. So that lasted for about a month. And then by October, we went full online uh, mask mandate for any person entering or ex entering our building. So everybody had to have a mask. Um, and at that time, it wasn't an issue. Everybody was. Everybody said, okay, we agree. And if you didn't like that, then there was the option to keep your children home mm -hmm. and continue with online learning. So from there on out, uh, we did it and um, we made it work. It wasn't the best situation. Uh, and it was really, really hard, ex especially for my grade. Um, but it was better than being completely online because again, I agree mm -hmm. uh, that that human interaction was not there. The, the opportunity to whisper in their ear, great job, you did it, or mm. vice versa, please be quiet, it's time to work. 
Um, you know, you, you couldn't do those things online. Although there was something to be said about you could see what was happening. It gave you a different perspective or a different insight to children's home life, uh, what you hear, what you see. So you knew them a little better. Well, at least for me, that, that month and a half or that month, mm. couple of weeks of seeing what was happening in their homes. Um, I think because for a lot of kids, um, even in even in a non-Title I school, school is a safe and positive place to escape from whatever is mm-hmm. happening at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's their one place, I hope, it, it is my hope that all teachers provide a positive, loving, caring environment. And so um, I think that, is what the kids crave. Now, now online is good for some kids because going back this year, um, some kids chose and parents chose to stay online and that was okay, but the majority wanted to come back to school. Um, but then that whole, the mask situation, um, it's just, uh, for lack of a better term, it's a hot mess in my state. So what, what happens <laughs> when, Genevieve, what happens when kids go to school? Um, is there a mask monitor? Are they are people not allowed to to tell kids to wear masks? I well, mean, what's what's the abso- situation abso- there? Absolutely not. They're not allowed. Um, so the governor has uh, passed a mask man. He passed a mandate banning mask mandates. Mm. So, right. So in my state of Arizona, uh, there was 163 million dollars grant granted to. Uh, to the states for, uh, you know, a federal mandate for a virus relief fund. Mm-hmm. So that equates to about $1,800 extra per student. So what our governor has decided to do is um, for those districts, and there's only five in our state so far, mm-hmm. three in the Phoenix metro area and two in the Tucson area, a little bit of ways away, that have mandated masks will be worn by any person entering our building um, those he has chosen to punish those schools who decide to do that by not mm-hmm. giving them that relief fund. Yeah, it's, it's making headlines here. I actually sent an article this morning yeah. to Cecile about that, where where they're withholding funds from from students who really could use that extra money. And I am originally right. from Arizona, and mm-hmm. I am. Great. I'm originally from Arizona, born and raised, but who cares? We're Americans. And that's what I find so hypocritical, that we talk about everything is for the kids and we worry about the kids and and we want to support the teachers. And every, again, I sound like a broken record, every time there's a ballot measure that says to help the schools, to help the school district, to help the children, all of us uh, automatically vote for it, it seems, or are guilted into voting mm-hmm, for it because mm-hmm. it's for the kids. But yet, why aren't all of us up in arms? I know that certain states, uh, the Supreme Court, I think in Texas, stopped the the governor's mandate to ban the mask wearing mandate. Uh, I think, that, if I'm not mistaken, I think the state Supreme Court stopped it. Uh, other other states, or it still might be still in the process. Uh, Oklahoma, Arkansas, they're all in the same. Uh, uh, phase where the people have taken uh, action to stop the governors, the respective governors, from banning the mask-wearing mandates. But I think that this is something that all of us, it concerns all of us, whether or not we have children. We three in this podcast room do not have children, but yet this deeply concerns me because at the end of the day, those are my tax dollars. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, it gets even better. Your tax dollars in my state can then be given to the parents to use for private schools. Oh, because come on. Because if they feel, oh no, listen, they feel, if the parents feel that they've been discriminated against by the public education, those public education dollars, about 7000 could then be, they'd be given a voucher and be allowed to send them to a private school and use that that public school funds. This is, and that's a whole nother thing with our state, but this is part of the 
the whole mandate and the, the law against it. Um, yes, if those parents feel that their kids have been discriminated against, then they can, um, or they, you know, they don't feel like they should be wearing a mask. And yeah, they can take those tax dollars mm-hmm. and um, then take them to a private setting. Have and that also, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, I was going to say, had that ever happened before pre-pandemic or, or, or this is all new? Um, um, in our state, mm-hmm. uh, they are, they are. I won't get into it because it's it's kind of political, but they are trying to pass laws allowing um, citizens to take their public school funds and get a voucher Got and it. go I to see. private school. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and on top of that, at my district, if we are out for COVID illness or we're ill and we're waiting on COVID results and we're not supposed to come back to work, we cannot. There, there, we will not be paid. Oh, we come on. Leave. And if oh we, if we have, an, I know it's crazy. How is that not violating? Nice. How is that not violating I, I your know. employee rights? Because, right. because COVID is. My district. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Genevieve. I'm but sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah, just. I know. But we're yeah. not allowed to, to mandate masks. So, I mean, our, my, the district that I'm in, I don't know if it's just by district, this, this, what these rules are, I don't know. I only know I am in the largest district in the state. You can look that up. But but mm-hmm. that is what if we have time accrued, then then, of course, you know, we'll get paid. But if you're a new teacher to the district or a new teacher in general and you don't have time accrued, you just won't get paid. Um, but yet the, we don't have to mandate kids wear masks. So the the, the new variant is, uh, you know, it what it spreads two times faster than, you know, the old COVID, this new Delta mm-hmm, variant, mm-hmm. from what I've read. Um, so, you know, if the kids have it, they'll spread it faster. And so even if you're vaccinated, you can still get sick from it and still get COVID. Uh, so if we're out, we don't get paid. Now, I don't know if, again, I don't know if that's every district in my state. I don't know. Um, but, but it doesn't yeah, matter. One is enough. Exactly. One is enough. Mm-hmm. The law, the egregiousness yeah. of it's just it's oh. sickening. It's sickening. What what yeah. is your choice? It's okay. I need to put food on the table, uh, so I'm going to either lie and come in while I'm sick, or yes. it's just yeah. it's it's wrong. And and as all nice. this all this noise about it's your personal rights, and I know some people are saying it's their religious rights, although I do recognize that there are religions in which taking medication is not something that they believe in. So those deep religious beliefs, they wouldn't take an aspirin no more than they would take a vaccine. But how is this not breaking uh, HR laws? Uh, uh, they're, they're, point, mm-hmm. they're singling out, like AIDS, they're singling out a a disease to choose to say you don't get paid for that. I, I find that sickening. I found that find that egregious and offensive and the most blatant politici- politicization, politicization, I can't even say the word, I'm so upset, uh, uh, to, mm-hmm. to just punish, 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 punish. We're going to beat you down until you believe in what I believe in. At the same time, they're saying they're doing this for freedom of belief and freedom of, uh, of ideas. What a bunch of Horseshit. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Shannon, I, is I Kentucky say, doing differently? Please, well, some, was, some ray of was, hope. I will give you some hope here. <laughs> In the bluegrass states, um, we last year and this year, we get um, 10 COVID days um, added on to our 15 sick that we, we accrue 15 sick days a year and three personal days um, that can be used for whatever to go to the park or to the beach or whatever. Um, and then 15 personal uh, sick days that that um, cross over each year. The 10 COVID days do not. So once this school year is over, last year we got 10 COVID days. Um, then we'll, we got- um, Which makes more. sense, we, right? It doesn't right. work. And God's willing well. isn't going to be here. Because if right. you have, I know as a, a female, when we have um, go on maternity leave, we use our sick days. So you, I, I didn't take sick days those first several years because I knew I wanted, you know, to have a baby. And so you have to use your sick days for maternity leave. Well, like Genevieve said, you've got new teachers and I know we used our, it's our ESSER money, the COVID money to purchase three new teachers for our school. So nobody held that money over our heads, but um, in our state, all students have to wear a mask, all public school students, um, 
in my district have to wear a mask. All adults have to wear a mask. Uh, parents are not allowed in the building. Um, they can come in the front little atrium area to sign kids in and out, but they're not allowed in. Bus drivers have to wear a mask. Um, so we feel pretty protected. Um, but but that that so we use our ESSER money. It's not being held uh, held over our heads or used to send kids at first school choice or anything like that. But um, we we do have that that those COVID days built in on top of our sick days because like Genevieve said, you might have to quarantine multiple times a mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're exposed and then you're you have to quarantine and then you come back and then you're exposed again, that's another seven to 10 days. Um, so you would use up if even if you had the 50, just 15 sick days, you could use that up just on your quarantines. And I know with this COVID money, we purchased uh, schools here could each school could could choose to use that money however they saw fit within their building. My, a lot of the schools in my district were the second largest district in Kentucky, and we chose a lot of our school district or schools used that money to purchase intervention teachers like myself. Mm. Um, we did not choose to use that money for intervention teachers. We chose our leadership chose to use it to purchase classroom teachers to lower the classroom sizes so there would not would not be as many kids in a classroom and right now i think the most is maybe um most of them it seems are sitting at 15 to 20 students and how many um, so with yours genevieve excuse me shannon how many mm -hmm. kids in yours on a normal basis your um this is my this is only my second year in this district but it, it's pretty small last year was 21 this year is 18 and i believe that the school districts are allowed to use the money however they see fit but what he is saying is if your district chooses to put a mask mandate out there you are not getting that money specifically so punishing one, for that fast specific yes and and the phoenix union school district i am not part of that district but they have uh chosen to do a mask mandate and I think I believe they have something like 23,000 students in their district I don't know what the exact number is or so then you know 23,000 times $1,800 he is threatening to withhold that money for whatever they choose I mean you know they get to choose to do with it whatever they please but they're not going to even be allowed to even have that money if they keep the mandate they don't get the help they don't get the help no. unbelievable now, our our school system, if, if you have a um, a doctor's note saying that you are exempt from wearing a mask, you know, maybe an autistic student or um, someone with some sort of breathing, mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. extreme asthma or something like that, you can get a doctor's note and not have to wear one. I don't, ha I have not seen a single student in my school without a mask on. So um, I think the the parents in our district are so happy to have their kids in person mm -hmm. uh, because we, I know Genevieve said they were kind of back, a little back and forth last year. We were virtual all the way until the end of February, beginning of March. So our parents were just, they didn't like, some of them did not want the masks, but they were just so, that was not the hill they were gonna die on. They were <laughs> like, wear the mask. I bet. If it gets you in the building, we're good. Mm -hmm. Our issue right now, and I think it's a, a a national issue, is bus drivers. We don't have, every day it seems like um, there's a bus route that's had to be um, canceled or delayed mm -hmm. for another hour, hour and a half, because we just, we lost a bus driver at the very beginning of oh, the no. pandemic last year to COVID and several of, of the um, bus drivers at the bus garage got sick, um, very sick. So obviously they don't want to put themselves in harm's way on a bus. Um, so we, we're having, they've done a job, a job, you know, a few job fairs, just trying to recruit bus drivers. Um, well, I so know that's that. Another issue. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know that um, certain states, the minute they went back, uh, we saw a massive spike mm -hmm. on uh, COVID uh, infection in Mississippi in the early parts of, of this month. From August 2nd through August 6th in Mississippi, nearly 1,000 kids and 300 staff, uh, school staff, uh, tested positive 
for COVID in the first week of being back. Uh, Arkansas mm-hmm. was the same th- thing. Um, massive outbreaks, 800 kids and staff, Palm Beach, uh, Florida, the same thing, mm-hmm. 400 students. It's, it, and, and so that why it's st- that, that's why it so boggles the mind that not only we've taken this, this, uh, this evil even further to not, not only say you, you, you don't wear the mask, now we're punishing. And this podcast, we really started it to, to help us all think through why. Why mm-hmm. does this matter? Mm-hmm. Why do people want us mm-hmm. to believe this? Why is this important? Why should I care about this? Why should I stay connected not only to how I feel and how I grow as a human being and how I grow with my family and how am I a good citizen? How am I a good member of my community and my country? So when you take away the, the politics and you just look at the truth of this, why why is it, are they punishing those, those school districts for wearing masks when all you're trying to do is not wave a political mm-hmm. flag is just to say we want to keep everybody healthy kids are clearly happier coming back mm-hmm. the little baby ones can't even get vaccinated right there are the cdc does provide guidelines for those with severe immunocompromised systems or other severe health reasons so now we've gone further. We're, we're punishing. We're taking away our tax dollars that we chose to give to that school. And where do they go? To private schools. Your, your Title makes, I students can't go to private school. No. It's, it makes no not sense. With, yeah, so, not with $7,000. And, and, so, no. and, so, and so when we when we cheer those Robin Hood mo- movies about the, you know, helping the poor and mm-hmm. they go on those platforms, we're, we're absolutely allowing, we as citizens are allowing the reverse to, to happen. So that's why it matters that we talk about these things, that we bring them to light. And that's why um, I, I read a quote today um, uh Paul Mitchell, Congressman Paul Mitchell from Michigan, um, he recently passed. He lost his battle to, um, to, to cancer. And one of the things he said in his last interview a couple of weeks ago was to say, look for difference in thought. Invite people who think differently and have an active conversation. I'm paraphrasing here. And we have differences of opinion, different thoughts, and we allow ourselves to find a pathway to find a common ground for the common good. That is when good things happen for the good people of every state. You, uh, Shannon, in Kentucky, you are a red state. I know you're wearing your your red school district (laughs) shirt, so that's great. You are a red state, but you have a Democratic governor. And you are having, I'm sure, very vibrant discussions among your people, but you are still putting your kids first. Absolutely. And in Mm. my home state of Arizona, we're not only punishing you for trying to protect yourself, we're just now taking money from the poor school districts and giving it to those people who have the wealth to afford to send their kids to private school. How are we not saying Mm -hmm. this is wrong? Um, Genevieve, can the kids process, do you see an impact on the kids, all these, all this politics, all this polarization? Um, I can't speak for everybody, but at my school, they have no clue. Um, but what I can tell you is the difference from last year to this year is that, um, my district highly encourages masks, which is great, but it's, we don't, they don't have to. So about, I have 18 students, about six of them come with masks on in the morning. I am not allowed to tell them to keep it on and put it on and wear your mask. I'm not allowed to do that at all. I'm not allowed to, um, and which I, I wouldn't unless a parent asked me to. I wouldn't in a normal situation either, like with their gla- reading glasses or sunglasses or any kind of glasses. You know, if the parent says, I really, really want them to wear them, could you make sure that they try to keep them on all day then I'll do that um anyways I I go back the difference between last year and this year everybody was required to wear them it was easy pull your mask up keep your mask on try not to put it in your mouth and everybody (laughs) would have it on this year six come in with a mask by the end of the day they're flinging them like a slingshot they're (laughs) whirling them around like a helicopter they're kids exactly and if they see one if they see that's the difference we we stand at the door when they come in if they don't have it on we give them a new one absolutely we give them one to put on and 
Um, our but that's what you do, right. Shannon, in Kentucky now. You in still Kentucky, do it now. Okay. Right. right. And our, um, our director came around like the first day of school. They went around to the different schools and said, sent out an email to, that second day of school saying, make sure you all are doing great. Make sure all students have their masks over their nose and their mouth at the same time, unless they're eating or playing at recess. They could take them off at recess. Yeah. Um, they have to have them covering their nose and mouth. And um, so because they see everyone else doing it, it's kind of a little bit of peer pressure. But if you have some that don't, then the ones that came in with theirs are probably thinking, well, hey, you know, I'm getting hot in this too. I don't want to wear it either. But for our kids, they all, they see everyone else. So even if there was that one that was probably thinking, hmm, you know, maybe parents are talking about um, not wearing masks at home and how it's not you know, needed, then they get to school and see everybody else wear it. They're going to still, you know, mm -hmm. they're going to wear it. And they're not going to give us any grief about it. Yeah. Yeah. My point is last year it was easy. And I mean, we've get, I've gotten in heated debates with people about, you know, oh, they're going to be so gross. Yes, they are really gross, but I have extra ones. And last year it was just easy. It was just part of the curriculum, part of the school day, just like using a pencil and crayons as part of a school day. It was easy to do. And it, it wasn't, I mean, for me teaching with a mask on, especially kinder when I teach sounds and, you know, all of that kind of thing, uh, it made it a little difficult, but we made it work. I figured it out. It worked. But keeping the kids masked worked. Uh, so the difference between last year and this year, in December when cold and flu season starts or November, I hardly had any kids out. Mm -hmm. I've never in my 22, 20 plus years of teaching ever have I ended a school year with extra tissue and not having to ask parents. To, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. You think it's funny. Yeah, it's I am. True. I'm totally serious. I've yeah. never ended a school year with extra tissue in my cupboard without having to ask for tissue either. I didn't have to ask for tissue or go out and buy it myself. Um, Which never, that's, never that's also a problem that you teachers have yes. to go out and buy. Yes. Are you buying the well, masks too? A, or are so, they supplying the masks? They did supply the mask, Good. which was great. So this year... But the, and I'm not kidding, we started on a Tuesday, and by Thursday, I had kids with runny noses, and, you know, I, I, this is just my reality. They pick their noses, they put their hands in their mouth, they, you know, they... they They're kids. That's just what mm -hmm. they do. With masks, I did not have that issue. So already, by the second week of school, I had, on a daily, I had one kid out the whole week, the following week, and then within that week, every day I had at least two kids out in addition to the one that was out the whole week. So every day, two to three kids out wow. with, yeah. And then they would come in with coughs and you know, all that good stuff, and runny noses. That's the difference mm -hmm. where we started in October by December. I had kids sick, but you know, they'd be out one or two days. They get tested. It's, it's just a cold. Then they'd come back now. I mean, it's just, um, it's a, it's a huge difference. And, and proof that masks it, work. I mean, I didn't correct. get sick at all last Absolutely. year, not even a sniffle neither, because I was always wearing I. a mask at work. And the people that did come down with COVID at work, um, because they were wearing masks, even when they were asymptomatic, mm -hmm. uh, never passed it along to mm -hmm. anybody else because um, masks work. They had a mask. Yeah, of course. Right. Oh, no. I, this is the craziest thing. I got in a debate with a person about kids wearing masks or not wearing masks, and I said, I don't really care what your political views are or whether you're vaccinated or not i am going to wear a mask my 12 year old will wear a mask not because we need to wear it but we're doing it for i did tell them i am vaccinated so as my whole family is my 12 year old my husband my daughter we're all vaccinated but we wear masks not because we have to but we do it for our community the person that i argued with said I don't need you to protect me. I didn't ask you to wear a mask. Don't worry about me. You need to worry about yourself. Mm. And stop, stop. Nobody asked you to protect me. I was like, okay. It okay. makes no sense. It yeah, really does. I was, yeah, I was like, okay, all right. And we think that that's courage. We, said, we think that that's courage. We think that that's yeah. independence. We think that that's being, you know, a, a good what? I don't know. I don't know what the word. Constitutional American, maybe? No, I don't know. But but it's in it's all ego. It's yeah. all false bravado, feeling like they're in control. And and if we're having this argument for, for about masks, 
how what are the feelings about vaccinate vaccinating um, yourself as teachers as as staff members as kids those who can vaccinate as we said um, Los Angeles and Chicago and other states are are looking at that uh, at that requirement to require teachers to vaccinate I know in the professional world uh, a lot of our clients in the work that we do with uh, big investment firms financial services firms Mm -hmm. uh, many firms are requiring that you are vaccinated before you come back to the office and if not you can work remotely and if your work cannot be done remotely then there are consequences um, how do you guys feel about that? What is happening in your school district? And how do the, the, the parents feel about that as well? I was, um, well, here in Kentucky, because we do have a governor that supports teachers, our lieutenant governor is a former teacher. She left the classroom to That's become great. lieutenant governor. So he put us, um, there was like a tier one and then a tier two A or what? We Teachers in Kentucky were right below uh, hospital, um, you know, nurses, doctors, first responders. So we were Great. the next, the next group to to get vaccinated. So that was wonderful because we wanted he wanted us to be to be able to receive that vaccine before he opened schools back up. Which so, is a logical, of course. business mind, mm-hmm. intelligent way to say how do we take right. care of our kids? Well, we first have to protect our kids and those who educate them. Right. from getting this this virus exactly so so um that's what he did um there there is a facebook book facebook group here in my district that started back when we were virtual last year and um it, it was a group wanting to get us back into in-person school so i was just kind of looking over that after church this morning and um just to see what they'd been up to this week with, you know, (laughs) what they were complaining about this week. And um, they were complaining one of our private schools here, um, a Catholic school had just sent something out to parents saying um, to please, you know, click this link. It's nothing required, but it, it would help us with contact tracing if you would let us know if your child's vaccinated. And these are middle school, high school Mm -hmm. age kids. Mm -hmm. And, um, Oh goodness. So parent, and it wasn't a requirement. It was just, this will help the process. You know, if your child's vaccinated, they don't have to um, quarantine as long. Um, But there were, there were so many comments. There were a lot of comments that said, you know, I'm happy to provide that. I'm happy to tell everybody right now that we are vaccinated, you know, that, that kind of thing. But there were a few parents that were just, they thought that was too much that the and this was a private school that the school was asking whether or not, you know, their child was um, vaccinated and it was, and they put in the letter, it was just going to stay within the admin team and the health, um, the, the, the health department group. It wasn't going to be shared with teachers or, you know, parents or anybody else. It was just for contact tracing and determining the length of quarantine. Um, So several parents were not okay with that. Um, and that was a private school. So I can only imagine if the, <laughs> if the public school, I know my son goes to the university of Kentucky and they, I don't think they're, re- they're not requiring the vaccine, although they did require the flu vaccine last year. And nobody lost program. their mind over that exactly. one. A few did because they said, we're going down a, a hole here that, uh, which know, is good. It's good to have descending opinion always, right? It's good to have a right, healthy debate. Right. And I get that. You don't want full government control. We still need, you know, but when you're, to me, when you're talking about health and other people's health, um, so they did require the flu vaccine last year at the University of Kentucky. And then this year, they, they're trying to get a certain percentage of their students vaccinated. Um, and, uh, so you can, they, they're requesting that students upload their vaccination information um, to their UK portal, um, but they're not requiring it there yet. Um, but my school district is not requiring it um, with teachers. I don't know any teachers that didn't get vaccinated, um, but there could be some out there. Um, what about you, Genevieve? Um, our school district is not requiring um, vaccination. Uh, I think our state and the governor is promoting um, for everyone to get vaccinated. Um, I know even within my district, um, they have vaccination clinics um, at different schools. 
in my district uh, and all over the state. I think other schools are doing the same as well. Um, but it's not a requirement. But like I said, we were told you cannot talk. You know, you can't it really, you don't want to talk about any of that stuff. And I, I think I read somewhere, I think it was Massachusetts or something, that disciplinary action could be taken against you if you as a teacher talk about, uh-huh, yeah, I think it was Massachusetts, somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, so how did uh, an article uh, written in the Boston Post or I, I don't remember, but yes, that, that they would take action if you um, discussed your vaccination or unvaccination or I was like, oh my gosh, that's so scary. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't be shocked or surprised because they're trying to tell us what, what we can teach as far as history goes as well. I don't know if you've heard that big debate, yeah. but lots of, lots of things happening within the school uh, system nationwide, I think. Um, but here, uh, it is highly encouraged to be vaccinated, but um, it's not required. So, so how do you? How does Gov- uh, Governor Ducey? Uh, how does he square off supporting vaccine uh, vac- vaccinated teachers and, and and encouraging that you that its citizens are vaccinated, but taking punitive action to wearing a mask. How is that not <laughs> talking out of both sides just, of your mouth? Uh, it's like yeah. saying, you we, you if know, you we don't have nothing nice to say. To, I was taught <laughs> if you don't have anything nice to say, then just don't say anything at all. So I'm just going to plead the fifth on that one. And yeah. But it's, it's like saying, um, you know, you, if you're going to, if you're going to have sex, you should have protected sex. Um, and here's con we, we, we condoms are the way to go, but then you can't talk about the condoms. You can't go buy the condoms. Right. You can't carry the condoms and that's about it. And we're going to we're going to take punitive action if you, if you do any of those things. So it, it's just, and don't show any students a condom and don't, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, this is why having, uh, it's acti- hard to make sense of. Really. It is. It is. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. And I know that none of we, none of us, have had the right answers. We, as a as a country, it was trial and error. That is the nature of a pandemic. We are supposed to have a good set of guidelines from the CDC and other organizations, and then it's it's trial and error. We get that this is imperfect um, because that's the you know uh, that's the nature of dealing with something we've never had dealt before, mm-hmm. but. If you were to give us a grade, what what grade would you give? Um, good question. A good give <laughs> us or, or the parents this whole experiment of online, understanding that we all went into it. As I say in the business world, um, going remote work, uh, we can't use that as the basis to how we build a hybrid model uh, in the workforce of going back part time. Uh, in the office and part time at home, or being uh, offsite completely, or having some sort of a flex schedule. What kind of a grade would you give us? Understanding that we all ran out of the building because we told that we were told the building was on fire and we mm-hmm. had to make do. What are the lessons and what did we learn that we can improve from? From staying home. From working or from on, on, working remotely. Online learning. Yeah. My my take on it is. Um, it's going to work for a small minority and that's good. And, and anything that's anything that you do, you're going to learn something from it. Right. Mm -hmm. I think we learned that for some kids, this is great, but for the majority of students, this doesn't work. It will work in an emergency situation and it'll get us through, but this is not, I heard a lot of people say, oh, well, this says a lot about teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we should think about how mm-hmm. we do it. What, what do you mean? What does that okay. mean? What does that snarky comment mean? Exactly. Like uh, teachers are paid too much or we don't really need them. We're indisposable. We're indisposable. But we've always felt that way, right, Shannon? Exactly. I mean, oh, we, yeah. I mean, that's nothing new for us. Everybody thinks mean, they could do do our job. What we because do, they absolutely. Just like it, you know, if I if I've had surgery, that means I can now be a surgeon. Just because <laughs> you go to school, <laughs> you think you could be a teacher. Everybody, I think we're the we're. I mean, there's several professions like that, but we're a profession that everybody thinks, oh, 
I went to school. Those teachers didn't do anything. They don't see the after hours and the weekends. Right. They yeah. Think, oh, oh, you work Monday through Friday. You get weekends off. You're off. out early and summer's off. Uh, no, that's when we get caught up on and prepared for the coming yeah. year. Yeah. And and if we worked those hours, you papers would wouldn't get graded. Uh, lesson plans. You know, there'd be Nothing utter chaos and yeah, there'd be chaos in our classrooms and really. There would be no learning happening if we work those hours. But right. I, so I don't think that there's anything new. I think what we learned as teachers is I mean, we already knew it, but even because we don't always see the fruits of our labors and sometimes kids, even if we make a difference, they don't come back and say thank you, which is fine. We, this is really a thankless job, but we really do see, I, I, I know Shannon mentioned it at the beginning, but relationships matter. The little mm-hmm. wink you give them the little thumbs up you give them, let alone a hug or a, oh my gosh, I knew you could do it. You're amazing. You do not realize how much of an impact that has on a student, Mm -hmm. especially when you, you know that their home life's bad or you know that they might, you know, their parents are going through divorce and it's, it's, it's really hard on them, but you don't really realize the impact that a physical touch or, just being there in the same room in a classroom where they see you smile at them. You, that is for me, that was a lesson mm-hmm. that I learned. Like, wow, relationships matter. Being there in the moment at that situation matters, not just yes, math and reading and writing and growing yeah. in the academic sense matters. Yes. But it's just, it's way more than that. I think that's what, yeah was big for me. Yeah. Well, and, and spe- <laughs> go, go ahead. I'm sorry, Shannon. Sorry. I was just, we've always kind of told, been told, you know, sometimes we are the only positive adult in that child's life. We're the only one that gives them a hug or attaboy or you're so awesome. You know, I like this and, and all the support, the positive sometimes. And you can see virtually, I mean, you could hear things in the home and you can see it, it, it helps you to appreciate um, those students and uh, better understand where they're like Genevieve said um, where they're coming from I mean we always knew a little bit but it just really opened opened your eyes but as far as giving a grade I think I think parents grandparents teachers aunts uncles guardians all deserve an a just for <laughs> effort i never gave i never gave an a i mean i never gave a grade but i would agree with shannon yes a for effort for everybody yes yes because and you think about uh, teachers went from you know we were trained to teach in person and then in a matter of like a, a week when we found out we were coming back, we had to start taking all these trainings online. Our, my district provided tons of PDs online on how to do a Google slide, how to do a, <laughs> oh my you know, goodness. this. I would have failed all of that. I, I would have I would have failed miserably all of how that. How do you Zoom? Like we didn't <laughs> Zoom, you know, who knew how to use that? No so kidding. <laughs> I think everybody deserves an A mm-hmm. just yeah. for surviving and, and doing their best. Your best, somebody else, one parent's best might be different than right. another parent's best. And so. Which is just what, yeah. the, this is what kids are. And this is the, the, the genius and the, and the uh, brilliance of those people who have the courage to be teachers. You have the capacity to see each kid for their potential, not for their measurement on a, on, a, on a grid. You have to look at every child differently and be not only intellectually capable of taking them to their very best, to their individual best, but empathetically and compassionately do that. And I, I give, I, I agree, we all give teachers an, uh, an A plus for having the courage to not give up and have to retrain yourselves and learn how to teach these kids. And then on top of that, now putting your lives at risks uh, mm-hmm. every day because of things that, in, like in your school district, Genevieve, what you're going through, but you said something really important is you've realized how much just showing up makes a difference to these kids. And, you know, for 
everybody out there that that's listening for all of us that that like to hit the like on buttons on on Facebook or Instagram, all those beautiful messages of philosophy and being kind to each other and being in a Zen place and being positive influence. This is how you're a positive influence. You show up where it matters. Mm -hmm. You show up and you give love and you give kindness and space and compassion, even when you're putting yourself at risk. So for all those people who think teachers are disposable and they're not a fundamental, fundamental, indispensable critical part of the fabric of society, I invite you to listen to this podcast, to listen to the wisdom of Shannon uh, Dunn and Genevieve Deloney and all your fellow teachers. And I thank you for the work that you do. And I encourage you to continue to speak up uh, and above all, speak up on behalf of the kids. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you. And kids want to be in school, right? And kids, kids want to be, be in school. school. I would want to be in school yeah. with a teacher like Shannon and Genevieve. Yeah. I'd want to. I'd be the first one lined yeah. up to say I, I'm ready yeah. for my hug. Yeah, from somebody who had a positive school experience, I loved being in school. I loved my teachers. So I loved I. that pat on the back or the wink or the good job or the holiday projects we'd work on together. So I know kids want to be back in school. So hopefully. And we we heard that the parents school. do, and I mm-hmm. I can't blame them. So yeah. I I I appreciate the lessons yes. learned and the dialogue above all, and I can't wait to to talk to you guys again. And yeah. hopefully six months from now we spring will be spring break. Why don't we bring them? That's back right, spring, spring break. break, and hopefully we'll be in a better place. <laughs> okay. Hopefully, yes. Hopefully, yes. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And that will bring us to the end of another episode of Ends with Z. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please share and tell your friends. You can find out more about us at endswithc.com. For Cecile Munoz and executive producer Sean Moe, I'm Juan Fernandez. Have a good one because above all else, you matter.